Hello everyone, this is Brittany Hill and you're tuning in to Six Feet Apart, where I'm chatting with people in my network while we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands at home. We will cover who they are, how the coronavirus is affecting their network, tips they have for staying sane during this time of chaos, and so much more. Thanks for listening. This week as a special 20th episode bonus, my dad actually wanted to interview me as his birthday present. So feel free to listen in on my dad. He even included his own background music as he asked each question just like I do in my episodes. So give it a listen if you wanna learn a little bit more about me, why I started this podcast, and how things are going for me during the pandemic. Thanks, Dad. Hello, everyone. We have a special episode today where I am actually getting interviewed. We're turning the tables a little bit, and it is my dad's birthday. And as his birthday wish, he is interviewing me for my podcast. So, Dad, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. (laughs) Brittany's father. Today is my birthday, and uh, I've been listening to all of her interesting podcasts, and I think this is a great venture to do during this uh, pandemic crisis or whatever you want to call it. And I felt that she should be asked a few questions. So I'm going to start by saying, Brittany, after listening to all those podcasts, (laughs) why don't you give us a little background on who you are and maybe you can tell us what you've been doing lately during uh, during the shutdown. (sighs) All right. Well... I think all the people who are listening know a lot about me already, but I teach at Hart Middle School, which is my old school that I went to. So I'm now colleagues with some of my old teachers, and that's so much fun. Um, and let's see. what a, It's crazy to think that we've been in this pandemic for over a month now because for the first couple of weeks, I felt like I could do this for a year. I was like... This is not too bad. Matt and I are at home. We're finding ways to will our or to fill our time reading and cooking and you know, just doing all of those things. But in these last, I would say, week or two, I'm really, really starting to get antsy. And the things that I was filling my time with before, which are, you know, watching Vanderpump Rules, cooking new recipes. Working out every morning. Shout out to you, Eric. We do your 7.30 a.m. workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, That was great, again, for the first couple of weeks. And now I'm struggling to fill my time um, when I'm balancing that stuff and then also teaching. And when you find that you're balancing your time that you've been off, is it helpful to have these podcasts of all these great people in your network that they've been talking about like Eric talks about mm-hmm. his working out and some of your friends are cooking and mm-hmm. some of them are doing yoga. Yeah. Some of them are relaxing and getting out in the sun. And I've noticed everybody has their own way of handling yeah. the stress that this has brought on. Um, so it's good to know that you're doing some of the things that they suggest. Yes, that's a great question, actually, because I do it. The last question that I ask everybody is, what are your three tips for staying sane during the quarantine? And so with some of those ideas that they have mentioned, I have implemented those into my own life and that it's it really has been helpful. So good question. Good. All right. So you're teaching right now. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that and and... 
the end of the summer or the beginning of the summer will be coming up shortly. Yeah. This started well before your spring break. Mm -hmm. And what is happening with your students and uh, what grades are you teaching exactly? Yeah. So I teach mostly eighth grade English. (laughs) And so with that, I have felt really, really grateful that I teach middle schoolers because they are extremely capable and they're very independent. And so the online platforms that a lot of teachers have had to now start using for themselves that they weren't necessarily familiar with are things that I actually have been using all year with my students. So platforms like Google Classroom and Flipgrid and Google Slides and things like that, um, we had already been using. And so for me, I, I will say that it's been a pretty smooth transition. And of course, they're you know, not every assignment every student is turning in, not every Zoom call everybody comes on. But I would say that overall, for English specifically, I have 126 students. And I would say that, honestly, 90% of them are doing all of their assignments for my class. And that I've seen, I've had actual FaceTime with probably that, mm, a little less than that, maybe like 75 to 80% have showed up for my Zoom calls. So um, I feel really fortunate for that. Um, We actually, for my class, we had just started reading the diary of Anne Frank. We, right before we um, got told that we weren't going to be going back to school, we had just done all of these background information projects. So my students were in a couple of groups and um, they got to choose between like the actual diary of Anne Frank as a background project Um, Holocaust background information, what Nazi life was like for some of the people who were running the concentration camps, life in concentration camps, all of that. So they actually were exposed to all of these different um, pieces of background knowledge right before we left. And so I've actually had them journaling while they've been gone through the pandemic. They have to do at least two entries a week for diaries that they um, have started on their own. And it has been so incredible to read their diaries um, and see the things Mm -hmm. that they're talking about. And then to further those assignments, I'm having them reflect on. So they're simultaneously writing in their own diary and then reading the diary of Anne Frank. And so I'm having them as much as horrible as this is what we are going through. Think about what Anne Frank was going through during this time and how much worse it was to actually be hiding for your life and knowing that Nazis could find you any moment to take you to a concentration camp. So I think it's kind of cool to have them give them some context and have it be such perfect timing to make this relevant for them. Relevant by as bad as we think we have it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're living in a two bedroom apartment, you have the whole apartment, you have the balcony, Totally, you can go outside, you can exercise. Yeah. But in her day. Yeah. Exposure was death. Yeah. So So, it's been pretty cool to see how that assignment has has, um, organically just happened. And then I'm also going to be... What else are they doing? At the end of the year, so starting next week, they're going to be doing a little research project on a topic of their choice. So I'm trying to make what we're doing as relevant for them as possible so that it doesn't feel like they're just doing busy work where I'm not completely teaching new concepts. We're just building on what they already know and making it um, accessible for them as much as I can. 
Oh, good job. Good job on that. Um, now tell me the next the next uh, question we, we want to talk about your future plans and your wedding, how this is affecting your wedding. Oh, gosh. Well, as of now, Matt and I have still not really made a final decision. The wedding is supposed to be a little less than two months away. And we go back and forth between feeling like, okay, do we wait until the very last second that we can because part of us feels like that by June 20th that we will be able to gather and that we would be able to still host our event. And, you know, we know that not everybody would come if we didn't tell them until a couple weeks in advance that it was still happening. And... Yeah, let me ask, let me interject right now. Is that because you think they're, they can't get away? Or is it you think that I they... think it's more a fear of being in a big group when everybody's worked so hard to quarantine that going to an event with, you know, 150, 200, up to 250 people, I don't think that that's the first thing people would want to do. And then I do think that there's the opposite end of the spectrum where people would be like, oh my gosh, we're free. This We can't wait to come and celebrate because we're celebrating being free. So I think that, again, we we don't know. We We vacillate between... Still feeling like we can have our full wedding and, and holding on to that hope and also trying to be really realistic and have backup options. We know that we want our June 20th date to be a celebration and to be something that we're looking forward to no matter what happens. And so if we don't hear that we can that shelter in place is over until June 1st or June 10th, and we're able to put something together in 10 days where we're just having our family and our bridal party, if possible, you know, at a park somewhere. And we're actually getting married on that date. We would love to be able to do that. And then just maybe sometime closer to the holidays, throw a party. And that would be our celebration for everybody who was supposed to be invited to the wedding. Okay. So you have a plan. It's postponed. You'll know more later. And then you have plan B or plan C. Exactly. All right. That sounds like you've, you're handling this in, in as well as you can handle it, given the circumstances. Every day is different. I de- well, yeah. I feel like for the first couple of weeks of all of this, I wasn't even going there in my brain. I wasn't even allowing myself to, to really make any decisions about it because I... I feel like even still, this is out of our control, and there's only so much that we can do right now to even make that decision. So I was sort of putting it off until I felt like we had more information, and there was definitely a 48-hour period where I was absolutely lost it and had an emotional breakdown, which I think is, you know, you know, Matt knows, some of my friends know, like this, it was definitely a rough two days when we, when we had a realization. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, I feel like it's been, it's kind of back to, we don't know what's going to happen. And so let's just wait until we have more information. All right. All right. Now let's moving forward here to this podcast. As your dad, I'm very proud of what you're doing on this podcast, and I l- like what you're doing. I recall when you went to Europe 
for your semester abroad, you did a journal. Mm-hmm. And I was glad you were able to go back to that journal, think about the times that you were there. And, and I am also hoping that this podcast is something like that. It, it, that's a, a journal you can keep. But it's with your network people and mm-hmm. how they're doing at this time uh, in their life. So why don't you expand on why you're doing this podcast and what it means to you personally? Yeah. Well, that's actually interesting. I haven't thought about it in the way that you just described where, yes, one of my, when I went to study abroad in Madrid and you guys agreed to let me do that, uh, I was very fortunate. You helped fund that and you, one of your kind of requirements, my my dad likes to do this. He has requirements of different things when he says I yes. I don't think of it as commitments. Sti- commitments, stipulations, whatever you want to call it. For example, when I went to uh, college in at San Diego State, some of these stipulations were <laughs> um, finish college in four years, which I did. Um, no tattoos, which I didn't get until I was in Thailand. So, yes, check, check. And third was that I could not go to Mexico. And so my parents did not even give me my passport when I went to college. And because of that, thankfully, I look back now and I'm like, thank God I did not go on those literal party buses that left from the dorms to Tijuana and probably never made it back. Because knowing me, I would have hopped on there and been drinking tequila the whole way. So... Good job on that. Anyway, <clears throat> fast forward to Madrid. Um, yes, one of the things that you asked me to do is to keep a blog. And I was talking to Katerina about this on another podcast episode that it's a really cool way. It's almost like a time capsule because you're never going to remember those small details of a trip or of this time unless you're documenting it in some way. And so with this podcast... I had always, not always, but for the last couple of years, I've wanted to do a podcast. I love nothing more than sitting down and chatting with people and listening and hearing more about their stories. It's not about me. It's about them. And and I feel like I have so many amazing people in my own personal network that are all part of a vast array of industries So I felt like this was a really good time to sit down and, you know, chat with them about how specifically the coronavirus is affecting all of those different industries, but also a way for me to, you know, have an hour a day that I'm looking forward to, to connecting with people that I don't necessarily talk to all the time, who I'm still really close with and getting their take on not only the coronavirus, but tips that they have of just getting through all of this, um, and a way for me to reconnect with them. So it's been really, really cool and something to look back on. Those, that's great answers. That's great answers. Let's, let's go forward a little bit on your network and the people in your network. Is there... When I, I find I'm listening to all your, your podcasts, and I think that they are very diversified. Mm-hmm. And that speaks of your network. And from CEOs... Mm-hmm to people in the fashion business, world travelers, people who have turned their lives around. Mm-hmm. Um, success, they're, everybody I feel that you've talked to are successful in their own way. Yeah. And I'm 
which brings me very interested in continuing listening to some more. Can you tell me who might be um, three or four people you'd like to get on your podcast and the reasons why? And if it's not specific, maybe there might be a generic reason yeah. for people that you want to um, interview. Are these, do you mean people who I already know, who I'm like, ooh, this, I would love to make time to get them on. These are upcoming episodes. Or do you mean people like outside of my network who I'm like, ooh, this is like a dream of mine. To no, I think, uh, let's, let's stay within your network. right <clears throat> Okay. Now. So this week I'm trying to get a hold of, um, a guy who was in my teaching credential program who now actually works at our local Trader Joe's in Livermore. I've seen him a couple times and we reconnected and I was like, oh my gosh, JD, you are actually the, you, I've been wanting to have somebody who works in a grocery store because they are totally seeing the madness in all of this. So I w- I'm trying to get him on here. Or somebody One of our frontline superstars, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I thank him. Every- I thank all of the people who are working in grocery shops every time I'm there because they see the madness. So shout out to the nurses. Yeah, and exactly. The grocers and the <laughs> delivery guys. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I know all you like to service. throw a little shout out out there yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm hoping to get him on. I am getting my old boss, Quinn, who used to be, she was our ran our whole office when I worked at Tech Systems, but she actually lives in Nicaragua now, and she runs, just in the last few years, she opened up a hotel there, and so I'm curious getting somebody's take on this from an, you know, an owner of mm-hmm. a touristy, tourist attraction almost, and how it's... Affects them. How it affects them, and in a third world country, kind of. So, if Nicaragua's considered that, second world, third world. Um, so her I'm trying to get I would really like to get a restaurant owner on here so I'm trying to get in contact with one of my friends in San Diego who works at a really really nice restaurant there he he pretty much operates the restaurant general now. manager or something yeah exactly and so I would love to get his perspective and then who well I'm I'm also have a few other I know I talked to Hannah who's working with uh, in hospice, but somebody who's in the hospitals every day, like truly seeing COVID patients. I have two friends who are doing that, that I'm trying to get them on here as well. So those are some different other industries that I'm hoping to hear from. Uh, my friend Kelly, who's our wedding photographer, her, my hairdresser, just people. Again, it, it, I have a right, whole wide list. spectrum. Yeah, of people And that, everybody has a different vision on totally. how it affects them. Yeah. And to put it in context for any of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's people that I have reached out to or that I kind of made a list of. And then I've also had a pe- people reach out to me and say, oh, this is so cool that you're doing that. I'd love to chat. So I'm getting a couple of other people like that. Very good. Now, let's let's talk about... Some of the things that I haven't asked you, but you'd like to touch upon in this podcast. What would you like to say? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, what would I like to say? Okay, first, I would like to give a shout out to teachers out there because I know that in my position, I, again, feel very grateful that I'm with students who can self-pace and and know what they're doing on their own where I don't need to spend a lot of my time 
teaching, like reteaching things. But for teachers with like at the elementary level who feel like they're on their computer all day long, truly doing new instructions all day. That is huge. That is so hard when you're not in front of your students actually getting the feedback that you need to then plan your lessons for the next day. So that is huge to parents at home who are trying to teach their kids or get them on schedules with school. I just obviously being in this world myself, I completely understand how challenging it is for people because this is so unprecedented that like so much is being asked of us, not only as teachers, as administrators, as parents, um, all of that. So that's huge. People who just, oh my God, there's so many people that I could just like shout out and thank. Um, but anyone who's maybe like taking care of someone who's sick or elderly, Mm -hmm. that's huge. Having, I've listened to some podcast episodes through the New York times of people just saying that they're at home. They can't work because they are literally taking care of their person in their home, whether it's their spouse or their child or whoever. Um, and that takes up all of your time and energy and people who are working right now through all of this, essential workers, all of that. My fiance, Matt, for being, he's actually the one who we were on a walk one day. Of, I think it was probably within the first week of quarantine. And he is the one who inspired me to actually take the plunge and do this and, and put it into action. Um, so I'm really grateful that he has supported me through all of that. Very good. Now, you talk about your teachers and all a shout out to all of them. Thank you very much for what you do. Let's put yourself, it's right now late April. Mm-hmm. How is your, how is your teaching method going to change that you predict coming next year and to take it, maybe let's do the first thing here is say, when do you think this pandemic Mm -hmm. this virus this quarantine will maybe ease up and get you into a regular life and what that regular life will will actually do for your teaching Teaching. um in the future yeah that's a good question um obviously we can't predict anything and i really try not to i am hoping i'm absolutely hoping that we can start school in mid-august like we normally would uh it, for the regular school year, I think it would be really hard to start the year off this way because the only reason, the reason that this has been so successful for me personally is because I have set a precedence with my students since day one and they know exactly what my expectations are and I know them. We have relationships. So I know what my expectations are of them. And they know that they can expect me to be flexible when they need flexibility, but that I will also hold them accountable of things. And they, we know each other. And with that, I think it would be so hard to start off a school year and try to get your, to know your students virtually. I really do not think that that would be something that would be easy for anyone. Hard to read body language through a screen. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I hope that we're starting the school year off 
normally. I know I've heard that there might be changes there. I mean, there's so much out there that people are saying like, we might have to take the temperatures of all the kids every day. We might only have half of the kids in there and it'd be a totally different like bell schedule. And I know that again, this is something that I have zero control over. So I really try not to put too much time and energy into that. All right. Let me ask you another thing about teaching as you're talking about virtual teaching, maybe would you be for, as part of your classroom, even though you have English, things that are helping you get through this this quarantine, mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. or yoga or some other, um, something that helps get your inner peace that would help mm-hmm. the middle school kids find their, you know, best person they can be. Yeah. So actually next year we're, I've been, I teach, I didn't mention this earlier. I teach English mostly. And then I also teach leadership, um, which is a seventh and eighth grade. (laughs) That's a seventh and eighth grade class. And then I also teach a class called middle school success, which is sixth graders. So leadership, I absolutely love this coming week. We're actually pushing out a bunch of activities that my students have been working on for the past few weeks since spring break. And they have incredible ideas of things for, they've built a website. They have this bingo board with all these different links on it where it's ideas for kids to do when they have extra time. So they're doing like baking competitions. They made a recipe book. They made a how to like juggle a soccer ball, how to do this. Here's a link to go and draw all these things, you know, meditation, all Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So that's really awesome that my leadership class is doing. But coming back to me with my middle school success class, next year they are changing. Basically, instead of me teaching one period of that, I'm going to be teaching both sections. I'm not going to teach leadership next year. And we're creating the class to be more focused on some of those tools to be dealing with things like stress and anxiety and being a good person. Yeah. And I think it's actually better to the younger that you start, the better because it normalizes it for kids and it doesn't make it, it feel like, what are we doing? Like what meditation? Ew. Like, no, no, no. So I think that as much as I liked doing, trying to bring it in with my eighth grade students, it didn't stick as much. It was like very few kids who would get into it because the older that they get in middle school, the more they are aware of their peers and being judged. So in sixth grade, I want to provide these tools with them. I'll see every sixth grader. And I think that it will be a lot more likely for them to bring it into their daily life. So sounds like a trial and error that you've gone through. And it'll be a bigger part of my day, which is great. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So I'm going to, Get close to the end of the interview here, and I would like to, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay. It's April 2020. Before we end this, I'd like to, what are your, what are your thoughts on where you want to be five years from now? Oh my gosh. April 2025. I hope that at least by that time, Matt and I will have had our wedding, our brunch wedding, (laughs) Um, that we are married that actually I, I'm really hoping to teach younger grades. I'm, I'm getting my elementary school credential. And so by that time, I'm hoping that I will have my own classroom with my about 30 kids per year that are really truly mine in my own classroom. Um, so I'm teaching elementary school 
I am hoping by that time that I will have a kid of my own, my first kid, our little Charlie, (laughs) Um, that we own a home, and that Matt and I really go back and forth about moving for a year and having some sort of adventure before we do settle down and have kids and buy a house and all that. So if we are truly going to do that adventure, I hope that within this next five years that we do it. We come back, we started to settle down, and one kid is under the belt. And I hope that I'm happy and all of our family is healthy and that, you know, there's no more coronavirus by then. All right, that was a great interview. And uh, if there's any other thoughts, I'm going to come back with more questions. But for now, I want to thank you here in late (laughs) April 2020. Thank you. That was so fun. Thanks, Dad. Happy birthday. Thank you for that. Love you. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. This is your daily reminder that even though we have to stay six feet apart, there's no better time to stay connected. So go text someone you love and let them know that you're thinking of them. I know I'm going to. Bye.